the antidote. 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 You're listening to the antidote with Dave Hawkins. With Christian music that doesn't suck. best-known songs from Disciple is probably also one of their mellowest. Things Left Unsaid from the band's 2005 self-titled album. Thanks so much for joining The Antidote. You know, about this band, it seems hard to believe that Disciple has been at the top of the Christian hard rock scene for almost two and a half decades. Tonight, you'll hear why they're such a significant band. And we also get to meet with Kevin Young, Disciples vocalist. Kevin and I really had a long talk about the band's longevity, about them going independent, and why their music is significant. But what's even more important is that Kevin and I also had a chance to chat about Disciples' upcoming album, 
Long Live the Rebels, which is set to release this Friday. It was also cool that Kevin was able to share a couple of the tracks from this really amazing release. Enjoy the music and our talk with Disciple. Kevin Young of Disciple joins the antidote. Good to have you with us, Kevin. Uh, thanks for having me, man. You were a teenager when Disciple began in 92, Kevin. <laughs> I still am. I mean, here it is almost two and a half decades later. Can you imagine that Disciple ever would have had that kind of longevity? No, no. I mean, you dream and fantasize about it, but, you know, you don't actually expect it to happen. I wish I could have... Uh, gotten a lot more mature and and wiser along the way but uh so i i still feel like a teenager and act like one uh so maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing i don't i don't know but we're very glad to still be around awesome well listen i'd love to hear about those early days what they were like like what kind of gigs was the band playing well we were a lot more low maintenance back then um you know we were just happy to be doing it and we we were very low maintenance now, but just not that much. I mean, we were, uh, you know, sleeping in a van and playing for free anywhere we could play. And it was a good time, you know, that kind of music. It's hard to recapture, you know, whenever you're first starting out and you're just writing what you really feel. I mean, teenagers, teenagers are very passionate. And so when they write and express themselves through art, it's usually very powerful. So it was a, it was a fun time. Okay, so I guess that was the beginning. But when would you say that Disciple really hit its stride? Um, I mean, I think that there were actually several moments where we really hit our stride. You know, we signed our first record deal in 1997. That kind of brought us on to a, a national scene in America as far as Christian rock music was concerned. And then... Um, we ended up signing another record deal in like 2000 and had some real success there. And so those were, you know, definitely highlights. But then in 2005, we signed our third record deal. And, it, you know, we had already been a band for, you know, a decade at that point. But it was like we were starting over and we were a new band and new record deal and new musical style. And from there was when we really picked up and saw our fan base grow leaps and bounds.
Jesus and it might solve some stuff. <laughs> wow. And that bold attitude of disciple is still a part of the band's music. From the 97 album, My Daddy Can Whip Your Daddy, the song Easter Bunny really lays out the intentions of disciple. Okay, coming up, Kevin talks about where that focus comes from. The music of Disciple is much more Christ-focused than what we have from most of the artists who come on The Antidote. When you're songwriting, Kevin, what takes top spot? Is it the message or is it the music? You know, I try not to look at it that way. I just try to be myself and write about whatever I'm going through. Um, You know, as a Christian, you know, my relationship with God is very important to me as it should be with all Christians and, and whatever you else, someone else in their walk of life, whatever's important to them, when you're true to yourself and you write about what's important, it's just going to naturally come out. But, you know, obviously being a human being, you know, there's sometimes I want to write about, you know, other things. Um, and I try not to limit myself to, to one topic or, you know, paint myself in a corner. I, I really try to write about everything. And that's why sometimes our music comes off as very honest and, and not very Christian. And that's because, I think honesty is paramount, you know, of, of being true to myself. We have a song on the new album called Underdog Fight Song, and it's it's really just about, you know, all the people that said we would never make it and all the people that said I was less than average uh, growing up to every teacher I had in high school, you know, this song's to them and to every single music critic out there that said that our music was garbage, you know. All those words, you know, really just turned into inspiration and turned into fuel and, uh this one particular day, I guess I was apparently feeling it and decided to write about it. Don't you find a lot of artists really aren't that honest and they just bring up contrived scenarios that they want to include in a song? Well, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, and I would say that sometimes, you know, when you're an artist, you do write fiction, you know, um, and that's still art. Uh, but I try to lean, you know, 99% more on something that's real to me. Whenever I write a song about something I'm going through, guaranteed, you know, half of my audience relates to that because they've been through it too. You know, there's no experience I'm going to have that's going to be like new under the sun. You know, so when I write about something that I'm going through, guaranteed, you know, there's just, you know, thousands of thousands of people going through the exact same thing. So then, that song is able to actually connect on an emotional level with, you know, our listeners, as opposed to just coming up with something, you know, contrived in fiction. You know, there's a place for that too. And I, I, I try that every once in a while, but I, you know, we really are uh, more just coming from a place of experience and honesty. Come on, 
new track, Underdog Fight Song from Disciples' upcoming album, Long Live the Rebels. The music of Disciple, I've heard it described as being hard rock, being metal, and being everything in between. I love squeezing everybody into a specific box. So how would you describe <laughs> Disciple? Well, I, I hate to disappoint you. You know, we just... We really want to write songs that we like, and you know, all the all the guys in the band are all extremely, you know, different with different tastes and uh, different likes. And the one thing that I've always stressed to our team is we just want to write songs that are good. Writing a certain style is not as important as writing a song that's good. You know, if we want to write a pop song, which we have a pop song on this new album, then it's not about was it a pop song or was it a rock song. Is about was it a good song. You know, if we want to write a country song or something that has a rap feel to it, you know, I mean, even if we try our hand at something that's a little hip hop, it's, it's going to turn out rock. But we are big metal fans, too. And so we always, you know, teeter on the side of, you know, being metal. Um, we don't really ever sit down and write a song thinking it needs to be a certain style. We just want to sit down and write a song and, and hope that it's good. And we know if we think it's good, then there's a good chance that other people will think it is good, too. Oh, man, that just brought to mind an old Disciple song that I remember. You guys did Amazing Grace with this blues vibe to it. That's right, yeah. Our original guitar player is a huge blues fan, big Stevie Ray Vaughan fan, and uh, you know that was something that was really in his wheelhouse. He just was a really good you know, soloist, and um, yeah, it was a fun song to do. It was just you know, our take on Amazing Grace, and of course, it's just, such a popular song, you know, you know, outside of the church, everybody knows the song. So you play it and whether you're playing it in a bar, a high school or church, whatever, always a great response. Well, maybe that's just going to have to be a future plan. You'll just take a bunch of hymns and do a rock or metal twist to it. I don't know. Uh, maybe, I guess I'll have to think about it. <laughs> doing one song was enough back then. Doing a group of them, I don't know. That's just a lot, but... We might, we might pull one out again and see what happens. It was amazing grace How sweet the sound That saved a rich life
Well, now, since we're talking about some of the stuff that's happened in the past, you know, I don't want to ignore any of your other releases, but I've heard many people, and this includes myself, called Disciples 06 release, Scars Remain, as the perfect album. What made wow. that release stand out so much? Wow. Man, I think, um, you know, you hear a lot of people in the industry say this, and it was it was one of those times where we actually were able to deliver. You know, they say it's all about the song. And I think we just had some really, really special songs on that album. You know, it had a lot of emotion. It had a lot of passion. And, um, you know, it definitely was what I was just talking about. It had some slow songs on there. It's, you can't fit it into a box. And it has some really aggressive, passionate metal songs on there. Uh, Scars Remain being one of them. And, uh, you know, those songs, you know, when you write a good song, it has the ability to stand the test of time, that, you know, meaning that it's, it was good in 2006 and it's good 10 years later. Um, you know, a lot of those songs we still play live today because of that. You know, um, as an artist, it's not an easy thing to do. I mean, you try to do it every time you write an album, but it's not an easy thing to do. Not, not every song you write is a masterpiece. Even though you want it to be, it's, it's just not. Uh, but that, that album is, is very special and always will be. Are you ready for some aggression? Game on from Scars Remain. When the lights go up and the game is on, are you ready for me? Cause I'm ready for you. When the bell rings out and the fight is on, are you ready for me? Cause I'm ready for you. When the lights go up and the game is on, are you ready for me? Cause I'm ready for you. Fight is on, are you ready for me? Cause I'm ready for you 
each of your releases really have been successful, it's got to be tough not just to fall into that hole and just simply churn out a, a clone of each previous record. Like, what do you have to do to keep it fresh? Yeah, you know, I mean, um, I'd say in 2012 when we were doing Oh God Save Us All album, I hit a wall with not really knowing what to write about. Uh, our record deal was over uh, with the record label that we were on. And we were wanting to decide whether we wanted to go independent, which we had done since 2003, or release our next album on a record label. And we really decided to do it independent because even being on a Christian label, you still have to kind of run your lyrics and your music through the powers that be. And I was really, really tired of that. I was really tired of having all of our songs micromanaged and told what songs could go on the record and what songs couldn't go on the record. And so having that freedom in 2014 when we did our album Attack, I was really revived, really renewed and refreshed and as a Christian was very passionate and fired up about my faith uh, writing that album. And, you know, we're probably bolder than we have been since the beginning and i think just that scenario created the perfect storm for us to just <laughs> get fired up and and just write some songs that we were really really passionate about once we got that out of our system you know moving into this next album all the guys in the band that are in the band right now have been in the band for about four or five years and so this would be their second time writing a full-length album with us and they were just excited and energized and it was easy to be fresh, as you would say, uh, because we were just kind of hitting our stride with each other. And um, people were writing songs and they just didn't sound like any other Disciple song that's ever been written. And it was just, you know, walking around with big smiles on our faces. It, it was never worked because we were having a great time doing what we were doing. Uh, I don't think that we intentionally tried to keep it fresh. It just naturally happened that way the last you know, two or three years. Yeah, I've heard you describing your current band lineup as Disciple 3.0. So it's That's really right. been a significant different version of the band compared yeah. to 1.0 and 2.0? Um, I mean, you know, obviously I, I can give you the political answer <laughs> because there's obvious things that are, that are differences that um, may not be flattering to some, but, you know, Disciple 1.0, that's the original guys. That's the original three. We started the band together and um, those guys will always be very special. Um, and we were together for around 15 years and, um, you know, it, it's hard to be in a band forever. You know, people grow up and people want to start families and actually make money doing something. <laughs> you know, So uh, being in a band is one of those things that, uh, you know, it's not an easy thing to continue, you know, especially let you get married and your wife is usually smarter than you are and says, hey, you know that we have a house payment and bills to pay and uh, this band thing is not going to do that. And so it's hard to uh, keep that going. And uh, The second group of guys, you know, another very special group of guys, but, we, you know, we never really were on the same page. You know, we were so different. Uh, that it really kept us from working together and creating something. We were able to actually create an amazing album, Horseshoes and Hand Grenades, mm -hmm. um, in spite of that. But I think, you know, just not being able to get on the same page and really be a team with each other really, really kind of helped make it an easy decision when guys, you know, wanted to go and do other things. Uh, but these guys that are in the band now, from day one, you know, we're very passionate about what Disciple is about, very passionate about what we were trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, we're all on the same page and we're, we're a team and we love hanging out with each other, going to eat with each other, going to the movies together. You know, they're my best friends in the world. And, you know, that's definitely something that, you know, the other version of the Disciple never had. And uh, so it's something very special that we really, you know, love each other and love being around each other. And it shows up on stage, you know, people know. It's definitely a very, very special time, you know, in our band. Hey, this is Kevin Young with the band Disciple, and you have discovered the antidote.
just my mouth, but let my hands speak the glory of God. Not just my mouth, but let my hands speak the glory of God. Not just my something new coming out. Disciples about to release your new album, Long Live the Rebels, this Friday, October right. 14th. Now, I've totally lost track. Which album number is this? <laughs> uh, if you count the EPs, it's going to be our 13th project. If you don't count the EPs, it's our 11th full length. Well, now, are you giving the album like a particular theme, or is it a collection of songs and thoughts? Um, I don't think any album we've ever put out has a particular theme. I think every single song kind of stands alone and says what it wants to say. And then the next track is going to start over and uh, be the beginning of a new idea and a new thought. Um, so no, there's definitely not a theme on this record, even though there are ideas that kind of bleed into one another. It's never intentional. We're not that smart. <laughs> we're we're not that smart and well thought out you know the way that we decide what makes the record is like i said earlier it's like whatever we feel the best songs are every album we just try to write about 30 to 40 songs and whittle them down to about 10 to 12 wow and so there's all there's like you know literally hundreds of disciple songs that are out there that have been written and recorded that no one has ever heard uh, but that's the way that we like to do it, you know, because if you only write 10, 11, 12 songs, um, you know, you may have a handful of good ones or two, just two or three good ones and then a whole bunch of okay ones. But if you write 30 or 40, then it's easier to pick out the ones that are just okay and which ones are the ones that rise to the top. That's the way we like to do it. So we're not going to see those come out as a B-side album some date in the future. Oh, uh, you might. I mean, now that we're independent, we kind of get to do whatever we want. And, um, you know, our Vultures EP, those songs didn't come out on an attack. Was They just sounded so different. They were just from a darker place and just felt like they didn't fit with the, uh, the feel of the album. And it really is a solid EP. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, and, and we just felt like they actually had more in common with each other than they had with the attack album. And so we just saved them. And we talked about releasing them on their own. And then after talking about it and talking about it, we were like, let's just do it. And we did.
Awakening from the Vultures EP. And now it's time to hear more from Kevin Young about creating the new Disciples album, Long Live the Rebels. And we'll also hear the new single from the release, God Is With Us. In the past, Disciples had really a legendary producer, Travis Wyrick, for many of your albums. For Long Live the Rebels, you moved to really another legend, and somebody who's been a guest on The Antidote also, Aaron Sprinkle. How different was it working with Aaron? Oh, it's very different. You know, um, the, all the producers that we've worked with have all been extremely different. You know, speaking of Travis, um, we started working with him back in 1995, so a really long time ago. And we were the first band that he ever produced that wasn't his own band. And he was not a Christian when we first started working with him. And then I think like two or three years later, uh, just hanging around with us and all that. That's how he words it, you know, just hanging around with us, uh, I guess, rubbed off on him and, and the reason that he ended up giving his life, you know, to Christ. And so that was a really cool thing. And he just kind of became like a member of the band, you know, and, and still is to this day in a lot of ways. And Aaron, we'd never really met him until we had already kind of signed on and agreed to work with him. And we all sat down in a room with him. And the first day was kind of weird, you know, because we didn't really know him very well. And I mean, by the second day, you know, he was like one of our best friends and <laughs> just just became, you know, that, that fifth band member, you know, and that's exactly how we want our producer to, to be. It's just, to, you know, to be in the band and, you know, to take it personally and, and to, uh, you know, take ownership of the music. And he did that, man, and we loved it. He's so funny and so fun. I mean, I think we laughed, you know, more than we worked on this album. You know, we just really, really had a good time. Okay, having a producer like Aaron, does he really have a specific input or effect on your album? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, one of the things that great producers do is I, I like to think that they take a good song and make it great. You know, if they if they're able to do their job well, that's how I see their role. And you know, we do our best to try to make our songs as good as we can make them, and then we basically take them to the producer and lay the song at their feet and say, "What can you do with this?" It was really awesome to see some of the things that Aaron would do, and he he for the most part left a lot of them alone, but just added these really cool elements that just took the song to, to a whole new place. You know, one of the, the biggest fingerprints that Aaron had was a song called God is with us, which is our first radio single. And it was good, but it was just missing some things. And Aaron really kind of rearranged the chord progression of the verses and, you know, some of the melodies and just really made it a much better song, you know, just listenable and singable and all those things. And, you know, that's what you hope for.
songs from Long Live the Rebels I absolutely adore is A Race. Do you want to share about that? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, it really is a song about God's relationship with mankind. That, you know, we all have moments being human beings where we make mistakes. And when those mistakes become a really big, huge, major mistake in humanity, it's very difficult to forgive yourself. You know, people talk about how difficult it is to forgive others. Sometimes in life, it's infinitely harder to forgive yourself. And, you know, we meet a lot of people who struggle with self-mutilation, cutting themselves and suicidal thoughts and depression, you know, and and some of it, um, you know, comes from that, you know, those mistakes and the shame and uh, the guilt of, you know, past actions and mistakes. And that's kind of the message of God and, and humanity is the, really the lyric of the song is is that, you know, when you say that you're not okay, you know, God's speaking to us. He says, when, you're, when you say that you're not okay, my heart, you know, breaks to heal your pain. And I think that's really God's desire in, in humanity is to, to heal us and to, to take us that are broken and bind up our wounds and make us whole and show us his love not just so that we would receive it, but we would also learn how to love how he loves because love is the thing, man, that'll, that'll change the world. It'll conquer the world. And, um, whenever we receive his love, it, there comes a point where, you know, we stop just receiving it and we actually begin to turn around and give it. And I think that's the, uh, the ultimate plan that God has for humanity because, you know, love is that thing that is, a, it's an unstoppable force. It cannot be quenched. And, it ultimately will change the world. No matter what you think and no matter what you believe, love is, is always the answer.
with songs like Erase, it looks like Long Live the Rebels has turned out to be a must-have album from Disciple. It releases this Friday, and it should be able to find it everywhere. Well, Disciple may be one of those really well-known bands, but many of the really incredibly talented artists we feature on The Antidote come from the underground scene. One of those is our guest next week. Even Oxen has been described as one of the most unique-sounding artists to come out of 2015. And the sound of Even Oxen is hard to define. It has this blending of genres like indie folk, worship, noise, and power electronics, and it all merges into a really brilliant music style. Bersain Beristain comes for a talk about his unusual style next week on The Antidote. Be sure to listen in. Well, I have one last song and one last part of my talk with Kevin and Disciple. Enjoy this, and we'll see you next week. Kevin, I often ask our guests on The Antidote to give a song to finish the show. What about picking out a Disciple track from the past to finish us off? Um, well, I've always thought that Fight for Love was a really cool song from Scars Remain, and it'd be a good song to kind of make somebody want to drive fast while they... Um, I listen to the show. <laughs> and they'll send you the speeding ticket. Just send me the speeding ticket and I'll take care of it. <laughs> well, listen, Kevin, it's been a real pleasure having you on The Antidote, man. Thanks for spending time with us. Yeah, man. Well, thanks for the opportunity. It means a lot. appreciate you playing our music. Somebody's falling! And my heart is 